Hi, I'm Toby. And I'm Nick. And welcome to the Pure Property Podcast with Track Capital, where we talk about all things property. The aim of the podcast is to give you bite-sized chunks of our industry insight and knowledge to help investors to invest intelligently. So, Nick, how is it there in Dubai at the moment? Because I'm looking out my window and it's pouring down with rain. Um, we had a <laughs> glimmer of hope yesterday where it was sunny and it's gone. But how's things looking in Dubai at the moment? Yeah, very nice. I'm actually just sat uh, looking out the office window now onto onto Business Bay in uh, Dubai, which is which very nice. It's heating up now. We're coming to the uh, the summer months. So I am actually looking forward to getting back and uh, seeing the team in the UK during the summer. Um, but yeah, as always here, very busy um, in terms of the property market, but also just in general in terms of tourism. I will just mention quickly that one of the um, key pieces of news that came out lately was that the quarter one numbers for um, hotel visitors in Dubai, uh, which was over 4 million and the highest in the world. So it's exceptionally busy. You know, Dubai continues to be a place where, um, you know, both uh, tourists and professionals want to visit for for numerous reasons. So if anyone hasn't done already, um, speaking of off plan in particular and questions you want to ask, um, if you do want to ask me any about the Dubai market, you've, if you've you know thought about it, maybe you've got friends and family that have visited or, or own here already, want to have a uh, exploratory conversation and then yeah i'm happy to do so but i think dubai should be uh, on everyone's list at the moment for sure yeah and just about that dubai market i mean i'm constantly sort of reading and hearing and when i'm looking up on it how sort of boring it is uh, one of the latest articles i was literally reading this morning was that um i think it was uh, on a day this month it might have been in I think it was the 17th of May or something that they did transactions in one day worth around $490 million in just one day. I mean, it's incredible some of the numbers and how buoyant the market is out there in Dubai. Um, it's, yeah, it's really, really, well, it's really good to see just in general. Yeah, great to see, great for business. But I think you've got to remember it is ultimately only a city of 3.3 of million. So we've got to put those numbers in context. But it just goes to show you the scale of the the development, the activity of what's going on here, the amount of wealth coming into the city, both from Europe and now, um, you know, for obvious reasons, Russia, etc. So, yeah, it's an exciting place to be. I'm enjoying it here. And as, as you know, Toby, we're getting a lot of interest from from UK and, and overseas investors. Yeah, it is definitely interesting to see that. And it's, uh, yeah, very, very refreshing to see how, how popular it is. And what I'm noting is we're starting to get more and more inquiries as well. It's it's definitely it's definitely getting on a lot more people's radars, which is which is positive to see. And rightly so, because there's a lot of good stuff happening there. Um, and it is, yeah, look, it's going to continue growing. Um, and we keep, we keep banging the drum about how we think it's a, an undervalued uh, location still in comparison to similar cities that you, that you would potentially be looking at to buy properties. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, both in terms of ticket price, price per square foot, uh, in terms of the yields you can get, especially on the short-term let market, it's, it's certainly a lot of off, on offer. And as exactly as you mentioned, you're getting a more... Um, you know, higher higher value funds coming into the city, companies setting up operations here as well. And so, yeah, exciting stuff. And you've got to mention it's sunny pretty much all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so from a tax rates as well. <laughs> exactly. So from a UK point of view, it's very, very appealing. Um, 
This week's episode, we're going to be going over the 10 questions to ask before buying off plan. As many of our listeners will know, or if you are a new listener, um, you'll find out now, uh, we predominantly work within the off plan and new build property investment markets. So this is obviously going to be giving you some information and insight into the questions we recommend asking uh, when looking to purchase an off-plan property investment. Um, so, Nick, do you, do you want to start off with one of the questions that you would be recommending to ask? Yes, certainly. So, I mean, fun, the first question would be asking yourself if you're happy to wait. So, in other words, are you happy to wait, you know, 6, 12, 18, 24, sometimes 36 months for a project to finish the construction and be handed over to yourself, i.e. complete, when you can start generating income from yourself. So uh, most investors, they do want to try and start earning uh, money differently. Uh, however, obviously, if you're buying off plan, there is going to be that time frame to wait, which you've got to consider if it's you know suitable for you to do so. So obviously, the benefit of buying off plan is that you're usually going to be able to purchase at a discount in comparison to paying a premium for something which is ready or just about to be ready. Um, so there are sort of pros and cons. You can put down a deposit and obviously benefit from the full property value growth during the construction period. But it does mean that you're going to have to wait a little bit before you start having that income roll in. So I think a lot of investors do have the perspective that, oh, no, I'm going to have to wait two years before I make any money. Well, actually, it's not true because you are locking in today's price with a minimal deposit and you are benefiting from that capital growth through the construction period. But yes, it is correct that you will have to wait for your uh, actually cash flow on a monthly basis. So that would be the first question to ask yourself. Are you happy to wait and do the time frame suit your strategy? Question that you want to be asking yourself as the investor is how risk averse are you? Because we know property investing in general is risky there's always a risk involved. Um, and we always talk about mitigating risk and and, and looking at ways um, to manage that risk as well. Uh, but you need to ask yourself, what is your risk tolerance level? If you really aren't happy with taking a higher risk uh, investment opportunity, then you really need to think carefully about whether off-plan investing is for you specifically or the off-plan investment you are going for. Reason being, when you are investing off-plan, of course, the main risk that you'll be looking at will be the construction period because you, there's depending on the length of time, that's where there's potential for, for risk and problems to go uh, to happen. Then you also need to look at the developer. Is it a new developer? Uh, if it is a new developer, then technically you might perceive that as more risky if they haven't got the track record of a more seasoned and well-established developer. Um, there's lots to factor in. And this is where you need to think very hard about your risk tolerance level. Because as I said, that will determine the type of off-plan investment you go for or whether you go for it in general uh, at all. That that's where at Track Capital, we're always talking to clients to, to, to really narrow down sort of what they would be looking at risk-wise. And, and sometimes it takes a while to get to the true uh, indication of 
the risk tolerance because initially as an investor you you might on the face of it think yeah no that's fine I, I, you've looked into it briefly i understand that's fine I'm, I'm happy with that sort of risk levels but when you start to break it down and go into the potential pitfalls or risks or um then that's when the sort of the true risk tolerance will come out and off-plan investing can be very very lucrative which we've seen uh, in the past and time time again uh, going forward as well now um, and it definitely has its rewards without a doubt but with reward will come risk um so you just need to bear that in mind so asking yourself how risk averse you are is very important to specify whereabouts and what type of property investment you're going to be investing in yeah definitely and there's different ways or different risk aspects to consider which i'll just quickly mention as well so obviously you have the main one which everyone thinks of construction risk i.e the developer finishing it on time and not being you know well firstly them actually starting secondly them finishing on time on budget things like this and um, so you've got that construction element and how um you know safe is your deposit going to be but also what we see commonly is um packaged uh, incentives with uh, options to purchase off plan i.e they might give you what's called a rental assurance where they might contractually guarantee your rent for a couple of months so there are a couple of more bits to think about other than the construction risk alone such as the contract terms what's the rental guarantee how's that going to work etc cetera, etc cetera. so that's where working with a, a decent um, investment consultant can be really really useful as well okay so moving on to the next one what is the developer's track record so ultimately, this is tied in with the previous point here. But what we're trying to do as part of your due diligence process is to evaluate the developer's experience, their history, in other words, their track record. What have they done before? So have they completed similar projects before? Was it in the same location? Did they finish on time, on budget? Uh, what was the product finish like? Was it in line with the images that you were promised? And, you know, how was the project actually performed? Did it rent well? Did it rent quickly? Uh, has the uh, the value of the property increased? Because if it's a poor build, obviously that can affect the, the value rises as well. Um, and so, yeah, there's a couple of things to think about there. But uh, a lot of people, what they tend to do, and again, this is speaking from personal experience of dealing with investors continuously, is they'll have a look at the brochure. They might do a quick Google, have a look at the developer's website, and that will be the extent of their due diligence. So we do try to encourage people to go a layer deeper. So, you know, search through Google to find, you know, old press articles, have a look at their financial records, have a look at the individuals involved with the project. You know, have they got any um, skin in the game? What's, what have they done personally before? Um, and yeah, that should give you a really, really good insight into what the developer's track record is. But it's certainly a question worth asking. Yes. And adding on that as well, what you have to remember is even if a developer has had issues in the past, for example, it doesn't mean you should disregard them completely because what you then want to look at is how have they dealt with the problems look construction is not easy and it's not straightforward it never is and whoever tells you it is is lying <laughs> um so what you want to look at is what did they do if a problem um, arose how did they deal with it for example we we've got a developer that we deal with where they did have an issue and it was no fault of their own with one of their projects which meant there was uh, longer delays than expected and how they dealt with that was straight away, they turned around to the investors and said, look, we're happy to give your money back and even offered a bit of interest as well. Or look, 
this is what this is the solution we've got to fix the problem. So if you're staying as well, here's what we can see will be the end result. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So to me, that is a good way that they've dealt with an issue. They've they haven't they haven't sort of hidden away from it. They've they've taken it sort of uh, head on and they've given options for the investors as well, which I know um, as well personally went down very well with the investors. It wasn't something that we'd actually dealt with um, specifically ourselves, but I know investors that did and we know the developer. So that's one thing. The other thing I would say as well is when you're looking at the developer's track record, sometimes just be a little bit careful because there are relatively new developers out there as well. And these developers can offer very good incentives because they will be fairly new. Um, and of course, that would give a, a sense of caution um, to an investor because obviously they're going to be worried about their track record. But that said, what you can sometimes find with those developers is they've actually got track record, but elsewhere. So maybe they've worked for a big um, sort of uh, nationwide uh, company and they've been building via them. Maybe they've headed up other companies. So if you then look at whoever's heading up that company, look at their track record because then that actually might give you some sort of faith and security in that development. So again, another thing to consider as well. Yeah, perfect. So moving on to the next question to ask is, how much will you need to pay before completion? So obviously you need to be putting down a deposit to exchange contracts. Uh, you will also need to put down a reservation fee as well. And the reason why this is an important question to ask is because you need to manage your cash flow and also the amount of money that you are willing to put down off plan and during the construction phase. And deposit levels and reservation fee levels will vary from developer and developments. So some developments uh, can range from 10 um, up to sort of usually about 30% for deposits down on exchange of contracts. Um, but we've seen some out there which can be 40%, even 50% of the, the purchase price of the property. And you need to you need to ask this question and then make sure you're comfortable with these amounts because what you have to remember is when you're putting down your deposit level, if there's no deposit protection in place and now you should have at least 10% protected by the the warranty that will be in place anything over that if it's not protected will be exposed in as a risk so you need to make sure you're asking that question so you're comfortable with that exposure because then again this comes down to your risk tolerance again ask about the reservation fee um if it's if you've got because obviously you you're going to be paying that sort of cash out as well in, initially and in most cases, it's non-refundable. So are you happy to put down £2,000 knowing that if you had to pull out between now and exchange, you're going to lose that reservation fee because it's non-refundable? So again, you need to have real consideration in that. And then when it comes also uh, to the deposit levels you're putting down, if you're putting down 50%, why is that? If it's a normal residential property, why is there the need for such a large deposit? So again, asking that question when finding out how much you need to put down before completion. So that's a question that's very important to, to definitely ask when, when looking at off-plan investments. Yeah, and tied into that, what happens to your deposit and how is it protected? So obviously you'll, you'll figure out, you know, what's a good deposit level, how much the developer's asking for, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but then you want to know what specifically is actually happening to that money. Um, so firstly, are you going to earn any money on your money? 
In other words, will you earn interest on your deposit that you've put down? Now, some invest, some developers, sorry, do offer this. Uh, it is becoming um, a bit more rare. It was used to be seen a, a bit more commonly. Um, but what can happen is developers may pay, you know, 3%, 2%, 4% per annum um, as a little incentive for investors to put down a deposit and sometimes a higher deposit so they can just get some form of income during the construction period. Um, in reality, it's not actually paid during the construction period. It will accrue during that time frame and then it will be deducted off the final balance of the final purchase price so you won't actually see the the cash you know into your account however you will get a discount on the back end there so uh, if you can have the opportunity to to secure yourself a um, deposit where you're going to earn interest or interest on deposit then that can be a, a great opportunity as well um, i would just you know bear in mind as a bit of a side tangent um if if they're incentivizing investors as much as possible with all these extra you know bonuses uh, it might give you the opinion that you know they're, they're looking to get you know sales quickly or it might not be the most in-demand development because if it is really you know special they're not always going to have to package up and add in all these extra options so do bear that in mind as well now uh, security of the deposit is obviously a big one you know how is it protected is it protected at all um, there are, without going into too much complexities, there are a, a few different deposit structures which um, will provide protection to investors. Uh, the most common one is where 10% of your deposit is protected through a, a building warranty, which the developer has to um, adhere to or has to purchase. So this can be, you know, an NHBC or equivalent where effectively your 10 or 10% of your deposit is protected via a third party. Uh, that will give you some peace of mind knowing that that's, you know, secure and all taken care of. Uh, what can happen with the, for example, if you paid a 20% deposit, you've already got 10% there protected, the remaining 10%. Sometimes this can technically be exposed. You know, it might be used for the construction of the build. Uh, it might be just held with, um, you know, in the relevant uh, solicitor's account and, and drip fed down to the developer as the construction progresses and as the site value is signed off by a, uh, a quantity surveyor uh, or sometimes there are a couple of developers out there that do offer some form of of actual tangible security so they might give you a charge over the land uh, again i don't want to go into too much details but they will give you some form of security over the land itself so in case anything happens and they had to sell the land to get you know uh, funds back then you would be in line to get some form of refund there uh, if you want to know you know a bit more about deposit protection security risk you know what's a suitable deposit structure we're obviously happy to advise on that because it does vary dramatically from development to development but most commonly what you'll see is 10 percent of your deposit is protected and if you can sneak yourself an interest on deposit deal as well that would certainly be a good bonus yeah, good point there. Great question. So this takes us on to question number six, and that is, what is the timeline? So regardless whether you're buying off-plan uh, property early on in the construction phase or even later on in the construction phase, you will want to know what the timeline for completion is. What you'll tend to find is a, a sort of a larger projects, probably sort of more ambitious, uh, will usually take longer, of course. So if you're getting in early, you, you've got to be sort of wary that it's going to take some time um, and obviously the longer it goes on 
there is sort of potential um, sort of delays that can happen. As we said, construction isn't straightforward. So just bear that in mind. And if you are looking to really sort of reduce uh, the risk of delays, then you you may look at something with a shorter turnaround time. So maybe like a commercial to residential conversion because there is a building already there. So they don't have to build from the ground up. So they're usually a quicker turnaround. Um, or you may look at something with a shorter uh, construction period or you also might get in at a later stage of construction, so maybe towards the end. What you have to bear in mind if you do that is that you may be paying, and well, you most likely will be paying a higher price because the earlier you're getting, the more favorable the price is. Plus, you need to consider timeline of the construction and build and when it's going to be completing because, of course, if you're buying with a mortgage, then you need to factor that in when uh, looking at applying for your full mortgage. Because lenders will usually only give a maximum of six months for a mortgage offer to be valid for. So what that means is probably, I would say, um, six months prior to completion, you would then look at starting your mortgage application. Four to five months prior, I would say, is probably what you ideally want to be looking at. Because by the time you do the application, you hear back from the lender, that's probably a few weeks. So you've then got about three to four months there where you've got your mortgage offer absolutely fine. And then maybe there's two months there spare um, if there were to be delays. And four to five months prior to completion, you're probably going to have a good idea of when completion will be because you're coming towards the end of construction and there's less likely for delays to take place at that uh, point. So yeah, consider the timeline. Okay, perfect. And speaking of timelines and, you know, what's going to happen through this construction period, how long it's going to take, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, one of the things you do want to ask yourself in terms of performance is what is actually likely to happen during the construction period within the local market. So when you're analysing developments, projects, opportunities, you're going to be given loads of content by both, uh, hopefully, the developer themselves, but also, you know, an agent or a consultant that you're working with. So they should prep you. They should let you know about, you know, major um, other projects happening in the area, regeneration, the current market performance in terms of yields, capital growth percentages, and all this, you know, lovely detail that will enable you to make an informed decision. But um, what you want to ultimately think about is what you're going to end up with. Right. So, for example, if you're purchasing a property which is, you know, 24 months out from completion, so a couple of years and you're buying in at, say, 200,000, I don't know, maybe that's Manchester prices, something like that. Um, and you're buying in at the, the market value, which is, you know, suitable for that size, unit position, the location of the development itself, the on-site amenities, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if the local market performs exceptionally well during the construction period, and by exceptionally well at the moment, you can look at, you know, double figures in some of these places. So if we say 10% in the first year and then a further 10% growth in the second year, you've bought in at 200,000 and you could actually end up with a property value of 240,000 by the end of that time frame, which obviously indicates a huge, um, you know, return and investment. But the important point is you've only put down, you know, 25% as an example for your deposit, yet you've gained capital growth on that you know full property value so that's really demonstrating the power of um, off-plan property purchasing but it's a good question to ask because it's not always going to be that positive you know if you're going into a, pre a location with a lower ticket value and maybe the property or the entry level is a bit lower maybe the market performance isn't going to be as strong and you're not going to be looking at that 10 percent. and perhaps you need to be a bit more realistic with your expectations 
But the point is, it's something you need to consider, right? So do your research, you know, have, have a, a look at the, the residential market forecasts from companies like Savills, Knight Frank, CBRE, et cetera. And then you should be pretty well informed and have a rough idea of what's going to happen in the local market, uh, providing there's not a global pandemic, for example. Yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. Um, question number eight we would be recommending you ask is, what are the expected returns from the rental income? Now, this is very important, of course, because you're investing in a property and the way you're going to be making your, your money is from the rental income. Obviously, you have capital growth aspect as well, but um, on a month-to-month basis, you're going to be looking at yield, your rental income, um, and what you're going to generate from that. Now, what you'll tend to find is that most developers will have uh, an information pack around that, or they'll be able to give you an indication of uh, what they um, are expecting the rents to be, so you can sort of forecast your rental income Uh, but that said we always recommend doing due diligence because if it's two years off plan you might have um, a developer maybe factor in some rental growth and they may up the rent slightly whereas in we may be more conservative and say well look actually focus on if you take into consideration today's market value rents and you're happy with those then yeah if we can see the market moving forward like it like it hopefully is, um, then you're going to be even happier. So yeah, do your own research as well or, or get the company you're dealing with to, to back up with some evidence for that rental income that's being provided. Um, the other thing you want to look at as well um, is sometimes you will have assured rents offered as an incentive, as Nick uh, mentioned earlier, the other incentives that sometimes you get when buying off plan, which is obviously a nice incentive to have. But what you want to check is how realistic is that incentive? So you have, if you have a rental guarantee for uh, the first year, for example, and they're, they're offering you 6% net returns, what you need to check is once that rental guarantee is over, what are your returns going to be? Because if they're going to drop down to 3% net, then you're going to, after a year, you're going to have a very big shock. So again, you want to make sure the, the, the rental assurance they're offering you is fairly realistic. Now, don't get me wrong. What you'll tend to find is the rental assurances will be, uh, in most cases, slightly more favorable maybe than the, the current market rent, because again, it's there as an incentive uh, to entice you into it, to invest um, off plan. So if that is the case as well, if it is going to be lower, you just want to make sure it's at a rate that you're happy with. Next, for example, if they're offering you 7% net and after that period, it drops to six and a half, six percent Realistically, you would have capitalized from that initial uh, incentive of the assured rental for the first year. And let's be honest, a six to six and a half percent net return uh, in a city center location is still going to be appealing to you. So again, just double check that. Find out um, just in general what the expected returns will be from the rental income. Perfect. Moving on to number nine of 10 now. So what's the forecast for the local property market over the next five to 10 years? Now, uh, on my point before, I was focusing more on the construction period itself and that shorter term time frame. But obviously, we all know one of the keys to, to building wealth and, and growing a portfolio is getting strong capital appreciation, i.e. seeing the value of the property rise. So what we want to think about is, you know, what's the long or medium to long term uh, performance of the property likely to be? And what I would do is actually consider this in the in the context of buying a new apartment, a new city center apartment, because it's no good analyzing the market and looking at 
you know, freehold houses on the outskirts of the city, which are 70 grand cheaper than one bed apartments in the city centre. Um, so, yeah, a question that I would be asking myself is how is a city centre brand new apartment likely to perform in this investment location over the five to 10 year period? Um, because hopefully that's going to give you ample time to, to get some good value growth uh, and you can have a, your exit strategy in the, in the back of your mind uh, as well there. So whether that's, you know, just selling up and, and getting out or holding for longer, um, either way, you still want to think about it. So, yeah, long term capital growth values will be really, really important. Great. And lastly, question number 10 is what are the incentives for buying early? As we've mentioned uh, along this episode is what you'll tend to find with off plan investing is there will be incentives involved, whether that's uh, discounts, whether that's rental assurances, uh, interest on deposits, furniture packs. Um, you'll tend to find that hopefully there will be some sort of incentive. So you want to find that out. What are the incentives? Um, not only that, if there aren't any incentives, then ask the question. Um, what else can be done? As we've uh, mentioned before, when we talk about our negotiate, no, negotiating, uh, we always say it's, it's, it's always good to ask the question. If you don't ask, you don't get. Uh, but yeah, question number 10, we highly recommend to ask is what are the incentives for purchasing the property investment you're looking at early and off plan? Great. Um, well, Thank you for joining us again on this episode and we will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks everyone. Bye-bye.